0: are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I'll get ready to the message tonight. I'm going to read beginning with verse 1, chapter 1. The Bible said there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and the man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and stood evil. And there were born of him seven sons and three daughters. His substance was 700 or 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, and a very great household. So the that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. Now because of time, look down at verse 9, if you will. The Bible said in verse 9, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Let me stop and say this. When you go to the church, the devil's always there. Don't you ever get to the place where you think the devil ain't going to be in the service? He'll pinch a baby, and a baby will cry. He'll get in some old stubborn woman, she'll frown the whole night. Say amen. I'm telling you, the devil always comes to church. And the Bible said when they came, that Satan came along also. Devil came along. Now notice verse 7, and the Lord said unto Satan, whence cometh thou? Somebody said he fell out of the choir. I don't know where he came from, but. Uh, that's somebody having trouble in their choir, but said he fell out of the choir. The deacon board one, Say amen right there. Amen. Look what the Bible said. Whence comest thou? And then Satan answered the Lord and said, from uh, going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job? Now let me stop here and say, Job was a model Christian. Job was one of the best. Brother, I mean, the Lord can say, hey, devil, look at y'all. Look at him, have you considered that man? Now, if the Lord said that about most of us Baptists, oh my, but he said that about Job, look at it, I'm not, by the way, this is 1611 King James, it's not one of those RSVs or good news for modern men, brother, this is the King James, say amen, and the scripture said, the Lord said, has you considered my servant Job? And there is none like him in the earth, a perfect upright man, one that feareth God and doeth evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Job, fear God for naught. In a moment I'll say a little more about that, but I want you to turn to the 42nd chapter, the last chapter in the book of Job, and I want to read one verse of scripture, then I'm going to speak on the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. The Lord always saves the best of last. Now you put that down. If you think this is good, then this is good. Boy, I'm glad I got a little heaven to go to heaven in. And what a blessing that is. But look with me, please, and I'll show you how the best came to Job. Chapter 42 and verse 10, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. The devil came along, and boy, Job lost everything. But I'm glad in the end, if you look up and say, devil, I want you to know wherever you are, serve notice on you right now. I got twice as much as I had before. Now, let me give you something. I'm going to let you be seated. I'm going to preach tonight. I want to get most of this on the tape tonight so that I'm using, and we'll get all of it on the one Brother Wendell's using. Therefore, I'm going to have to condense it down a little more than I wanted to condense it. But I want to get a certain amount of this on this tape. It'll help folks as they listen in the radio audience. But just before you're seated, I want to give you one thing. Job taught us how to face sorrows. Job taught us what to do. I mean, when the bottom falls out. You say, preacher, I've never had the bottom to fall out. I've never been disappointed, haven't you? I'm glad, but wait. All those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now you can put it down. Brother, there's some storms that are coming. But Job, are you listening? Gives us a great model of how to face our sorrows. And in just a moment, I'll speak to you on the book of Job. And I want you to take your pencil and write down in the margin of your Bible the little study of the book of Job, and I believe it'll be a help. Would you be seated all of the house? And uh, would you bow your head for just a word of prayer? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you for every blessing. I'm glad for the good singing tonight. Oh, it was grace that found us. And grace that taught our hearts to fear. And we thank you, Lord, that we have the sunlight of your love that leads us day by day. Now, fathers, we come tonight. We know except you touch us. Except the Lord be real in the service. Our father would not be able to receive anything from the preaching of the word of God. But I pray that you'll speak to every heart and speak to every person, meet every need. Lord God, save that one that's nearest to eternity. And I pray that your people may be encouraged and blessed and helped this night. And we'll praise you because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Beloved, I want to speak to you for a few minutes tonight on the book of Job. I don't know of any character in the Bible or any book that stirs me. Like the study of the book of Job. There are 42 great chapters. And if I'd preach out of every chapter, I tell you, we'd be here all night. Now I want to show you of this man Job. The Bible said there was none like him. A just man, a righteous man. I believe that Job really loved God. Brother, we need of men that will fear God. We need some men that walk with God and hate evil and sin as Job hated it, but because of time. Let me show you chapter 1. It's a dialogue between God and Satan. You know what that means? They were talking to one another. And you know what God was saying to the devil? He said, hey devil, I got one man. I can turn you loose on His name is Job. Let me say to you, before I get into the mess There are only three times in the Bible that the devil spoke audibly. If you'd like to write them down. And every time the devil spoke audibly, he was slandering, criticizing. Anybody can slander. Anybody can criticize. But you'll find that Satan spoke audibly three times. The first time is in Genesis chapter 3. And he slandered the scripture of the word of God. You know what he said? Hath God saved. They Let me tell you something, mister. The devil hates this book tonight. And the devil hates the word of God. That's why it's hard in these days for a preacher that's got standards and a preacher that's preaching the word of God. Now ready to get along in this day in which we're living. I want you to know that the first time the devil spoke audibly is he criticized the scripture. He said, hath God said. And that's in Genesis 3. The Second time is in Job 1. And when he spoke, he spoke against the servant of God. And he slandered God's man. Did you know there are plenty of people that hate God's man? And Satan said he serves you for money. Have you ever heard people say, well, that preacher's in it for the money? I want to ask you something. Mister, there are not many preachers that I know. They're getting rich. If you know some, I'd like to know some. And so the second time. That Satan speaks audibly in the Bible. He speaks against the servant of God. But the third time that he spoke audibly, it's in Matthew chapter 4, and he criticized and slandered the Son of God. He said, if thou be the Son of God, there's no ifs about it. I'm glad he is the only begotten. Thank God he is the Son of God that came down from heaven. And when a man criticizes Jesus, Brother, that's as little as I know that a man can get. Jesus, the Son of God. But here we find the devil speaking audibly. But because of time, I've taken the 42 chapters, the book of Job. And I'm going to show you, if you take your pencil, how we can follow the great theme of Job. First of all, I'm going to show you how he faced the calamity when the bottom fell out, when he thought it was all over. Mister, there'll come a time in your life that you're going to face calamity. And then I'm going to show you secondly how he faced criticism. Did you know Job failed when he faced criticism? And then I'm going to sum it up And so you have Job face conviction. Now take your pencil. Write these down. First, how did Job face calamity? Did he throw up his hands and quit? Did he say God's unfair? I know a lot of people. Are you listening to me? And brother, when it comes to facing a disaster or reverses in life, I know people that blame God and get bitter on God. Maybe there's a wreck. Maybe there's somebody laid up and crippled for life. Maybe there's a death in your family and you get mad and blame God. Oh, when you come to your calamity, how do you face your calamity? Let me show you five steps in Job's facing of calamity. Five things. First of all, they start with C. He was compassed with riches. Now you hear me. It's hard for a rich man to hear the word of God. Oh, you hear me. Somebody said, I know a lot of rich men that are filling the churches today. I don't. My Bible said the poor receive the gospel gladly. That rich man is self-sufficient. And that was a hindrance to Job. He's the richest man. He was compassed with riches. He had 7,000 sheep. What a herd of sheep. Listen to me. He had 3,000 camels. Listen. He had 500 yoke of oxen. And he was the richest man in the east. It was hard on him. Oh, how can you pray? Give me my daily bread when you're compassed with riches. How can you trust God when you've got your uh, your bank account bulging? I want to tell you when you get down, you don't have a penny to name, and you get up and say, "Lord, give me this daily bread." And the Lord gives that bread. What a wonderful thing that is! Now let me say one thing about uh, Joe being compassed with riches. And then we'll go on. Do you know what Jesus said? And I don't believe what modern theologians say about this. Uh, Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of an eagle uh, than it is for a rich men to enter in the kingdom of God. And they say that in Jerusalem, and don't come up here after the service. I've been over there 18 times uh, to Jerusalem. I've crossed the ocean 18 times. And I've been to the place uh, where they say that the camel gets down his knees uh, there at the eye of the I don't believe that's what he's talking about. I believe Jesus was talking about a needle and a camel going through a needle. You say it'd be impossible not with God if God made the camel and he made the needle. Brother, he could put that camel through that needle. But you see how dangerous to be compassed with riches. That's a first great step to his calamity. Secondly, he was crippled by bankruptcy. After he had all that, he lost it all. I want to tell you it takes old time religion when you are crippled with bankruptcy when you lose everything you have and you can go out like Job and say blessed be the name of the Lord the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away bless God when you can get to that place where you can shout when it's all gone down the drain they came and said Job you've lost everything the Sabaeans and a tornado and all this has come and old Job he didn't curse God. Oh, I'm glad. He said, blessed be his name. he said, say, preacher, what about the steps to his calamity? He was crippled by bankruptcy. Lord, oh, that was a terrible thing. I remember when the banks closed up home, I had $42 in the bank. And I didn't want that crowd to get my $42. my daddy was standing there and he said, you'll get 20% on a dollar. I said, I didn't know what 20% on a dollar meant. I said, I want all of my $42. And the man said, it's closed. The bank has closed. We went home and my mother was lying on the couch. My daddy had me by the hand. We walked in. And and I never will forget my daddy with tears in his eyes said, Lillian, said we lost everything. Boy, she jumped up and said, no, we haven't. As long as we've got God in each other. Bless God you haven't lost everything. And as sure as you're in this house. And release me, Stetson. One of the steps to Job's calamity. He was crippled by bankruptcy. Number three, he was crushed by bereavement. You talk about sadness. Some of you can't give up one in a a funeral. Some of you don't have enough faith in God to release unto the Lord your mother or your father. You don't have enough faith to let God take that little baby when he sees fit. But in Job's case, he lost seven sons and three daughters. And he was crushed by bereavement. Uh, have you ever been to a funeral uh, where there were seven sons uh, and three daughters in caskets? Uh, oh, you hear me. He was crushed uh, by bereavement. Uh, he was crushed by bereavement. I uh, like Billy Kelly. Many of you know Billy Kelly. He's been a good friend of mine down through the years. But I remember when Billy's boy, little boy, died. Brother Ralph and I went down to the funeral home. That little boy three and a half years old. We walked in that funeral home and Billy Kelly stepped up, his eyes protruding out, red his chicken blood. He cried so much. He walked over and he said, Maze, I'm glad you came by. I need you, Maze. I need you. Boy, he said, I love this little old boy. God gave him late in life. And he said last week, he, he had never been sick. Yesterday, he'd never... He got sick in four hours and died, Billy said. And as we stood there, I tried to hook my mind, scripture to comfort that man of God. Then here's what he said. He said, Mays, uh, the other day I was coming through Jacksonville. I heard to a broadcast and said, you know, you said, here's Billy Carrick. And he's stepping up to sing, I don't know about, but about tomorrow, but I know who holds tomorrow. And he said, maze, I don't know about tomorrow, but he said, I want to put my hand on this casket. And I want to sing it right now. Boy, he ragged back and tears streaming down his cheeks. Harry, Carey got to singing, I don't know about tomorrow, but I know who holds tomorrow. Thank God. Are you listening? Oh, the steps that led to Job's calamity. He was crushed by bereavement. But there's something else about him. He is covered with boils. They were incurable. Now listen to me. From the crown of his head to the tip of his toes. He's covered with boils. I mean, it looked like death for certain. He was covered with all of those oh, sore eaten boils. I never had but one boil, and I don't want another one. Say man, right there. I got off the airplane over for Knoxville one time. I had a ball on the back of my neck and it was killing me, and I was bent double. And Brother Bob bent me to the airport and he said, You're crooked. I said, Yeah, but my sermons are straight. Say amen, right there. And boy, that ball was about to kill me. And I got up to preach that night and I. I did like that. When I did like that, that boy popped. Oh, it hurt. I started crying, and we had the cryingest service you ever saw in your life. Oh, praise God. I remember Sunday afternoon after the rally service, Bob took me to the airport over at Knoxville. He said, Mays, when you come back next year. He said, if the first night's cold, and the second night's cold, and the third night's cold, uh, I'm going to pray for a boy. Praise God. He said, we cried all week. But did you know he took me to an osteopath? I, I-, I didn't know what they were. That I-, I thought it was one of them big, long birds. You know, uh, long-legged birds. I didn't know what an osteopath was. And he took me in there to see the osteopath. And that guy put me down on that, and he said, you're a cricket. I said, I could save that, and I knew it. I said, what do you mean? He said, you're out of line. He said, I'm going to line you up. I said, listen, I don't need lying up. I need that ball taken care of. Oh, he said, that this will do the job. But I got news for him. It didn't do the job. He broke nine bones and crippled me up. Young. I want to tell you something, mister. I could just see old Job from the crown of his head to the tip of his toes. He was one putrefying boy. You say, preacher, what led to Job's calamity? Number five, a cursed wife. Oh, she would not help me. She said, Job, why don't you curse God and die? And Job turned around and said, you talk like a foolish woman. Said, when the sun was shining, you didn't doubt God. Oh, but since the clouds are hanging low, you're telling me to curse God and die. Said, you talk like a foolish woman. I want to say to every person that's here, just beyond the clouds, the Sun is still shining. Maybe you're here tonight and you're covered with clouds. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've never seen so many preachers and people that have got clouds hanging low. But you wait a minute. The long night will be over. I got a sermon up the other day. I'm going to preach it as quick as I can. So many people need it. It's entitled, When the Long Night is Ended. I tell you, there's a long night. And you hear me. There are a lot of people going through the nights of suffering and nights of sorrow that you've never dreamed of. But I want you to know, bless God, the darkest hours just before the dawn and it won't be long until... The night's going to end and the morning's going to come, praise the Lord. Oh, you talk about shouting right there. Uh, you say, preacher, notice first how Job faced his calamity. When the bottom fell out, five things led uh, to his calamity. Now, because of time, let's look at the second... Key in the book of Job, how Job faced criticism. Here's where he failed. Here's where he couldn't take. He couldn't take criticism. Now, let me give you something that'll help you. I, there's very little constructive criticism. Now, most of the time when you're criticizing somebody, you're jealous of them. Hear me, Amen. Now, not all the time, but most of the time when you're criticizing somebody, you're jealous of what they're doing. You hear somebody say, "Well, so and so sings in the choir, but but watch out, them butts." Say, "Man, right there." Amen. Then he goes, "But and you're going to butt your brains out if you don't quit butting so much." Say, "Man, criticism." Job couldn't. He failed the test when he couldn't face criticism. Now, now you say, "What happened?" Knock came to Job's door. Miss Job went there and said, "Hey, who are you guys?" Oh, they said, we're friends. If that's the only kind of friends that I have, you can stay home. Praise God. Oh, they came up, three of them, and sat down around Job's bedside. He was hurting and, I mean, suffering. You hear me, brother? He was really suffering. And as he suffered, listen to me. He's lying on the bed, and for one week they didn't speak. They just sat there and stirred. Can you imagine seven long days? They sat by his side and looked at him. Finally, Job said, say something. And when he opened his mouth, he got in trouble. Most of the time we get in trouble, when we open our mouth too quick. Say amen right there. And he opened his mouth, and he got in trouble. And when he opened his mouth, they started in. The person said, you're a hypocrite. Job wasn't a hypocrite. Oh, Job, he had no hypocrisy in him. He might have done wrong, but he wasn't a hypocrite. A hypocrite's a play act. Somebody can come in here on Saturday night and sing in the choir, uh, Oh, how I love Jesus, and then go out and dance all night and come back Sunday morning and sing in the choir again. Oh, won't it be wonderful there? Listen to me. uh, Are you listening? That's a hypocrite. Uh, And as sure as there's a God in heaven, Job, uh, that's not a hypocrite. Now, that's what they said. The first one said, You're a hypocrite. The second one said, You just lied. You lied, Job. Job hadn't lied. That they said, you've lied to us. You, you don't have the truth, Job. And the third one said, wait a minute, let me have him. And the third one said, you're a swindler. You're a crook, Job. Job, you've got all of this. And when they criticized Job, I want you to write down three things the way that he faced that criticism. He got upset. I mean upset. I mean he got mad. All right, let's notice the three things. Let's start with A. First of all, he answered them in anger. Anger, mister. He became angry. Now listen to what he said. He said two things about those fellows. Let me tell you, if you can say something good about somebody criticizes you. I only know one preacher, or two preachers, I'm sorry. I only know two preachers in my life that I've known and know now that have never criticized. I've never, heard, I've never heard Guy Ringwater ever criticize. I really haven't. If you don't know Guy Ringwater, you need to meet him before you die. I've never heard him criticize. I've never heard him say, Now, I don't like this preacher down here, and I don't like this preacher over there. He would say, God bless him, pray for him. Another one is Ralph Sexton Sr. I've never heard Ralph criticize anybody. Oh, what a blessed way to be in life. But you know, we, we come along, if we don't like food, we criticize how it's cooked. And if we don't like singing, we criticize the singing. And if the preacher preaches a little too long, we criticize the preacher. Say amen right there. Bless God. Listen, I'm telling you, but here he faced it in anger and Job answered mad. Here's what he said. He said two things to those guys. Write them down. He said, first you forged lies on me. You made up lies. Job got so mad. He said, you fellows have been making up lies. You're a forge of lies. And the second thing Job said, not only that, but he said, you're a bunch of false physicians. He said, you're crack doctors. You make out like you're healers, But you're, fo- you're false. You're fakes. And brother, that's the wrong way to answer and when you heard me tell this... I'll tell you real quickly because I want to hurry. Back when that fellow wrote that article on me up in North Carolina, in the newspaper, spread it on big editorial, Meek Brother May spelled my name wrong, accused me of being everything on the sun, being a crook, and everything criticized the inspirations horribly. Listen to me. I'd have chewed him out. It made me mad. I got my wife to write a letter, and she wouldn't write it for a long time. Said she's praying, and finally she wrote it and when she wrote it, she read it to me on the phone. I was off in revival. That's the kindest letter I ever heard. Oh, I tell you, it's the way it ought to be. Uh, listen, she's heaping coals, uh, hot coals upon that man's head. Uh, but you know, when somebody criticizes your daughter, you'll get mad. Uh, somebody criticizes your boy. Uh, somebody criticizes uh, your answer in Anger. So that's the first thing. That's the first response as he faced criticism. He answered in anger. Secondly, he answered in agony. Listen to what he said. He said you tried to destroy me. He said, you tried to do away my testimony. Oh, he said, you tried to kick me to the bottom. Now, let me give you something. Don't you forget it the longest day you live. There are people that kick you to the bottom. There are people that would tear this church apart. There are people that would destroy your home and destroy everything that's precious. But listen to me in agony. He said, you're to kill me. Oh, he said you said every bad thing you could against me. He said you, 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 talked about me. You left me bleeding and wounded. And oh, listen, in agony, he answered them. He said you tried to destroy me. But let me give you the good part. Not only did he answer in anger, not only did he answer in agony, but he answered in assurance. He said, you fellas, wait a minute. i got something to tell you, boys. <laughs> oh, he said, he said, it's written up in heaven. My witness is on high and my record is in heaven. He said, bless God. I want you to know God's keeping my record. And what a blessing it is to know that God is keeping our record, mister. You're not the one that's going to give me the book that day I'll have to answer to. said, God write it down in his book. Now listen to what he said. He said if I had a pen, I'd write it in these things down in a book. And he said if I had an iron pen, I'd point it and engrave it in a rock. Because I'm not ashamed of the way I lived. He said, I'm not ashamed of my God. Oh, he said, I want to tell you something. It's blessed to know I'd like to keep my record so you can look at it every day. Would you be glad for the world to look at your record every day? Would you be glad for the world to gaze upon your record every day? Oh, let me tell you something. I'm glad that Job said, I know my Redeemer liveth. He said, I'm serving a God that's alive. And those skin worms destroy my flesh. I know that I shall see Him. And He'll stand on the earth in the latter days. And with these eyes I shall see see him. I want you to know he's alive tonight. And when I'm dead, listen, and the worms crawl over me, I'm going to come out of there one of these days. And praise the Lord, I shall see him because he lives. And what a blessing that is. Thank God he lives. I told my wife, I said, I always carry a red Bible. I carried one before Billy Graham ever carried one and before Bob Harrington. Say amen right there. I've always carried a red Bible. I don't copy anybody. I don't like to see people copy. I can't stand there. I know preachers and copy. That's bad. I, I know singers and copy. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be a copycat. While we were over that day eating with Brother Wendell, he's got a parrot, Paul Parrot. And he talks like everybody else talks. <laughs> and he says everything anybody else says. You say, oh, you know, and we got preachers like that, Paul Pratt preachers. Uh, and we got singers. They want to sing like somebody else. Listen to me. Uh, God made you be yourself. Uh, and God can bless you if you're yourself, mister. Now, I want to show you something here. And this will help you. You say, what did he, well, what about it? I told my wife, now nah, i die. I said, take my last red Bible. That's all I want in the casket with me. I don't know no flyers in that casket. I want her to take the last Bible I preached out of and put it right on my chest and fold my hands over that Bible. And I want that undertaker to close that lid. And I want them to take me out there to the cemetery and after a few months or I don't know how long, I start to decompose. And when the first worm climbs up this way and another worm climbs up this way and sticks out its tongue over this Bible, I want every worm before they take a bite of Brother Mays to read that verse where it said, those ten worms destroyed his flesh. I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand on the earth in the latter day, and I shall see him. What a Sing that is. So he answered in assurance, now let me come to the third in the last key in the book of Job. And this will help you. I showed you how he faced first, how he faced calamity. Then I showed you how he faced criticism. Now, I'm gonna show you how he faced conviction. Brother God placed conviction on him. And I wanna stop long enough to say, if we don't have some conviction, we're not gonna see anybody saved. I tell you this little easy believism, come down the Roman road, and bless God, say you believe. Listen, the devils believe and they tremble, but they're not saved. God, we need some old-fashioned Holy Ghost Sinai conviction. We need men to cry out. Me and it, brethren! What must I do to be saved? I'm gonna die if I don't get saved. Boy, I wanna tell you, when God gets a hold of you, BCs and standbacks and Hattie Call won't do you any good. Say amen, raptor. Right Only thing will do you some good is an old fashioned altar. Glory to God. Where you can repent and call upon God. But you say, Preacher, how did Job face conviction? I'm going to show you in a minute. Let me show you something before I get into that. The heavy hand of God is conviction. Have you ever felt that hand on you? And, boy, you stood up in church and tried to sing just as I am. And it got heavier and heavier. And when the preacher was preaching, you turned and you twisted. You know what? That's conviction. And you said, oh, Lord, I'm going to die. It's good to think you're going to die. And brother, that was real, holy, ghost conviction. Let me show you something before I show you. Three things about how Joe faced Conviction. Let me give you some here. First thing, and this is not on the well, let me I want you to write this down. God had to knock the pride out of Job. You see, Job got so proud. You know a lot of people are proud. (laughs) Let me tell you, if it wasn't for Jesus, you'd be nothing. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, mister, you'd be nothing. Are you listening to me? You saw you say, How do you know God knocked the pride out of him? All right, listen to me. I counted them, that's how. Chapter 29, chapter 30, and chapter 31 of Job. Now, don't you forget this. Chapter 29, chapter 30, and chapter 31, Job said 195 times, me, mine, and mine. He never said, God, it's yours. God, I give you the glory. God, it's you. A hundred and ninety-five times in chapter 29, in chapter 30, and in chapter 31, Job said, It's me, Lord. I've done it. It's mine. It's mine. Oh, you hear me? And God had to knock the pine out of Job. You say how with conviction? God put him under Holy Ghost conviction, and he did it by three things. Write them down. You say, preacher, what did what did he do? Well, first he had to rebuke him. Boy, I'll tell you, this book will rebuke you. Somebody said he won't rebuke me. Yes, it will. It'll cut you to threads, Mister. It'll cut you all to pieces. And God had to rebuke Job. You say. Now, Job walked up and said, me, mine, and mine, 195 times. And God said, wait a minute. I'm going to rebuke you by asking three little elementary questions. Little simple questions. You you know, anybody will answer this. Job stood there and said, I know all about it. I know all about it. It's me, mine, and mine. And God said, all right, let me answer me three questions, and I'll see if you can respond. He said, first of all, Job, where were you? When I laid the foundation of the world, <laughs> Job scratched his head and said, I wasn't around. He said, no, you wasn't. Because I stood on nothing and said, let there and it was. I, I want to tell you, God, oh, rebuked Job and said, Job, answer this question. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the world? Job said, I don't know. He said, well, you're not so big shot after all. Let me ask you a second question, Job. He said, Where were you when I brought up the morning? Said I uh, ran the darkness off and said, Morning, come on up. Where were you, Job, when I called the morning into existence? And Job said, God, I don't know. I wasn't there when the daylight shined in. Oh, are you listening? Brother God was knocking the pride out of Job. Now notice a third thing he said. This is very simple. Very simple. God said, You see that eagle on that rock, Job? And, and Job said, yeah. Yes, sir, I see that eagle. And God said, I, I can speak to that eagle and he hears me. <laughs> and that eagle can speak and I hear him. Can, can you do that, Job? <laughs> I mean, a little simple thing. A little, little eagle. If you're such, such a big fella and you're doing such big stuff. Hey, Job! Does that eagle hear you when you talk to it? Hey, Job! Do you know what that evil says when he talks back to you? And Job said, No, sir, I don't. I want to tell you, listen to me. Job had to face conviction. And the first thing the Lord did, the Lord rebuked him. The second thing the Lord did to him, the Lord looked him in the face and he said, I want to tell you something, Job. I want you to know, I want you to be released. Not only did God rebuke him, but God released him. You say, what do you mean God released him? Job had woven a self-made prison around him. Some of you here tonight, you're in bondage. You're in prison. And you need to be set free. You say, preacher, what happened? What's this? God said, Job! Job, you want to be out of your captivity? And the Bible says the Lord released him and set him free from his captivity when he prayed for his friends. He said, God, that old fellow called me a hypocrite but I'm going to pray for him. He said, God, that fellow right there said I was a swimmer. I'm going to pray for him. And he said, God, that fellow said I was liar, and I'm going to pray for that man. And when Job prayed for his friends, the Bible said God turned his captivity and set him free. You say, Preacher, What was conviction? God had to rebuke him. Secondly, God had to release him. You can't release yourself. But God gave him that prayer that he might be released. And then last, in his conviction, God rewarded him. Oh, praise the Lord. Somebody said, hey, preacher, I've never been rewarded. I have. My wife back there says, I'll not have anything. I get to heaven. I've had it all down here. Well, praise God, I sure am enjoying it. Say amen right there. You never heard me, pull a out You never heard me? Listen, God's been real good to me. I want you to know everything I have, every good thing, every perfect thing, comes down from the Father above. The devil's crowd and the worldly crowd. I don't give them any credit. My Father feeds me. And my father clothes me, and my father guides me, and my father blesses me. And are you listening? Job was rewarded. And what a day that was. What a day that was. Bible said in the beginning he had seven thousand sheep. He gets that old balance sheet out and he says, Miss Job, bless us. Let's check up and see how we stand. Here we're getting old and we've been serving God, honey. Takes his pen and looks at the balance sheet and he counts the sheep. 13,997, 98, 99, 14,000. Said, Praise God, twice as many sheep. Ain't that good? Write you down. He said we had 3,000 camels, honey, when we started. Let's see how many we got now. And he counts 5,997, 98, Ninety-nine, six thousand, double it, praise God. Listen, you can't beat God, God doubles it. Uh, oh, you say, preacher, uh, what about that conviction? It brought on a double blessing. Watch it now. He said, I had five hundred yoke oxen. Boy, he said, now I've got a thousand. And oh, the Bible said, God blessed it twice as much in the end as he did in the beginning. I showed you tonight the first how the job, Face calamity. Have Job faced criticism. Have Job faced, my friend, oh, conviction that came upon him. God blessed him with mighty, mighty conviction. Let me give you this and I close. It pays to serve God. Job, with all of his suffering and every cup he drank out of that was bitter, could say when he came to the end of the way, Praise God, he's blessed me. Job knew the blessings of God double more than he had before. Job, brother, could say it pays to serve God with all of the boils, with all of the tornadoes, with all of the bankruptcies. He said it pays to serve God. It pays to serve God. And I want you to know tonight it pays to serve God because the best... It's coming later on. (laughs) the best. We have a friend over in Cleveland, Tennessee. Uh, He was in Cleveland. I used to help him in meetings. And uh, we loved him very much and still love him. I went over the first time to help him in a meeting. I drove my car over to Cleveland, Tennessee. And I got there a little early. I saw the church lights on, no cars out there. And I thought, well, I might as well go in and see who's in the church thought the preacher might be in there praying. So I go over and I start in, and I saw two children, a little girl and a little boy. The little girl turned around, she just a little small. she said, Hi, are you Brother Mays? And I said, Yes, I'm Brother Mays. She said, We've been waiting on you, Brother Mays. And I noticed her, she's just shaking. And I noticed the little boy, he was just, it looked like he has been shell-shocked or something, he was just shaking all over. And he said, We're glad we've been waiting on you, Brother Mays. He said, Daddy's over there at the house. Mama's over there at the house. And I said, okay, you all wait, and I'll go over and see Daddy, and we'll be back in a few minutes. And I went over and knocked on the door, and I did. The preacher came to the door, and I said, Preacher? I said, your children are so nervous. He said, they're really not my children. I said, they're not, they told me. Oh, he said, I've adopted them. But but, but he said, Maze, if you'd gone through what they'd gone through, said, y- you'd be nervous too. He said, let me tell you, and I'll tell you this as quick as I can. He said, it pays to serve Jesus, Brother Mays. And I looked at him, and I'd call his name. Many of you know his name, and somebody might get this tape, and I don't want to call his name. But I called him my first name, and I said, sure, it pays to serve Jesus. But he said, you know, I was brought up out here. And I had one sister, and we were real close. We'd, we'd go to school together when we were kids, and we'd divide our lunch. But said, when I got 16, she is 15, I got saved. And said, my sister said, no, no, I'm not gonna do. I don't want Jesus! She said, it don't, look at all them old folks going to church, said, it don't pay to serve God. She said, I'm gonna have it big. And he told her, said, honey, I love you. We've been to school together, we swapped and we split our lunches and I've given you my spending money and you've given me yours and we're close and I, I got saved, I want you to get saved. She said, never, never! He said, honey, it does pay to serve Jesus. She said, no, it don't. Don't talk to me about it. She married a policeman there in Cleveland. They had the little girl and the boy. And they seemed to get along good. She got her job. And he's the policeman. And they had some investments. And they would get along good. Got him a big home. Got everything going good. And that boy, that I told you it was 16. Boy, he was now in his 20s. And he was preaching the gospel, had a little church, had a little house, didn't have much money. And oh, every once in a while he'd get on a burden about his sister and he'd tell his wife, i got to go over and see sis and tell her that it pays to serve Jesus. And he said, I went time and time days, and then one night I came back from the Bible. God made me get up, go over there, and knock on her door. She came to the door and she said, called me by my first name and said, Get out of here, preacher! I don't want to see you. Waking me up. And he said, I just want to tell you, it may not be so in your life, but it's so in mine, honey. It pays to serve Jesus. And in the end, baby, he said, Sweetie, he said, Sister, you're going to find out it pays to serve the Lord. And he said, he went on home. And he said to his wife, he said, she won't listen to that next night he went over to a meeting and then he stopped the meeting and came back and the next week started the meeting. Came home one night, his wife standing on the front porch and hollered, Preacher, hurry, get back in your car. There are three police cars over there in the yard, they say of your sister. Something's gone wrong with that. Hurry. He said, Mace I jumped back in my car. Went over there to the house and police were there. The lights were flashing. I ran in, and the sheriff pushed me back and said, Preacher, your your sister's been killed. Her husband shot and killed her, shot himself in front of their two little children. And the preacher said, I went in, and there they had the sheets over a maze. And said, that little girl said, and I was about to call his name, but it said to him, Uncle, Oh, we don't have a mama now. We don't have a daddy now. I I saw daddy kill her. I saw daddy kill himself. And that's the reason those little girls were nervous. He said, Mays, I stood there a minute. Then I reached down and pulled that sheet back over my sister, held her up, and the blood was on her head. I said, Sister, it pays to serve Jesus. Oh, Sister, it pays to serve Jesus. The next night or two, my wife came. And she'll tell you how nervous those little kids were. They wanted love. They wanted love. Sin that destroyed their mom and daddy. Oh, the mama said it don't pay to serve Jesus. Let me tell you something tonight. It pays to serve God. The Bible said God bless Job twice as much he as he did in the beginning. It pays to serve Jesus. Ever hit by the Bible. Book of Job I face three things Calamity Criticism And conviction You're going to have to face all calamity one of these days You're going to face a lot of criticism You won't understand those that criticize you Then you're going to face conviction God's going to put his heavy hand on you You won't understand it You say what happened to Job The Lord rebuked him the Lord released him, and then the Lord rewarded him. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.